Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Extreming Disney, the podcast focused on all things Disney+. Plus. I am your host, Peter Eklund, and on this week's show, we get to open Pandora's box, per se, as we travel off-world to the exciting world of Avatar, the movie. Now, this, is, this isn't this is the M. Night Shyamalan Avatar, the last Airbender movie. Um, I had to stipulate that with a couple people before, before I was um, watching this. They're like, you're going to talk about that? But... Obviously, this being a Disney Plus um, movie or podcast, we're going to be talking about that. Anyway, I get to welcome on a friend of mine from back in the movie theater days. Um, I love getting these these folks on, these friends on. Ajare is here. Ajare, thank you for coming on to the show. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, yeah. So what have you been up to? I mean, it's been a while since, you know, the movie theater has been open. It's almost been almost 10 months. Yeah. yeah. Were you were you were still working there when the I was yeah okay when the pandemic hit and we shut down I think it was March fifteenth or March seventeenth some something like that crazy the, the Cuomo letter so mm. we had to shut down yes the Cuomo letter that should be <laughs> that should be a movie in itself um so what have you been doing what's been up um well school I've been focusing on school I'm in my senior year. Last semester. Okay. Finally. I go up to SUNY Honeyanta. Okay. So are um, you are you on campus? No. Okay. No, I haven't been on campus. Okay. I mean, I did. It was like after freshman year, I was mm. like, I could be saving this like eight thousand dollars. Yeah. So I've just been living home since then. Yeah, because you're a local to Oneonta, exactly, obviously. Yeah. So that's cool. So senior year coming up. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, we're getting ready to open the shop soon. Okay. What's the shop? King's Cakery Pastry Shop. Okay. 281 Main Street. We're hoping to be open in the next couple of weeks. It's just getting all the renovations done. There were a lot of renovations to be done in that space. It's where the old uh, Indian restaurant used to be and Oneana Hots before that. <laughs> yeah. So. There's been a couple different um, things within that within yep. that space. So. so we'll be there now. It's always kind of interesting taking over a space and being like, what is, what was happening? What was going yeah, on? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So if you're a local in Oneana, King's Cakery, pastry shop, yep. pastry shop on main street, I am super excited because like, this is like the bakery in Oneana. So exactly, yeah. if you're, if you're a local, you'll definitely have to check that out. So only a couple weeks left before, before you guys open. Yep. Hopefully S- super cool. Pushing through renovations. So yeah. Awesome. So awesome. I can't, I can't wait to go in there because you guys were once, um, you, you guys were kind of kitty corner. Yeah. Before, over kind of across from the bank. Yeah, it was a tough spot. It's yeah. Kind of down the hallway in the back and kind of enclosed. Yeah. It's not so not a lot of people yeah. move, and then people walked in. They were like, "Oh, we didn't know you were here." So it'll be nice to have a storefront so people can see our sign totally and just walk in off the street. So. And, it's a, and it's a fairly busy spot too. I mean, yep. Sal's is very popular. Yep, right next know? to Sal's. That's so. good. <laughs> yeah, people can go and get a slice of pizza, then go over and get a slice of pie. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so I like that. I like that. that's right up my alley. Cool, cool. So um, yeah, exciting stuff to to be had there. Now um, I invited you to come on, and I said I wanted you to pick the topic that we would be covering and, and focusing on for this week's episode. And I can't kind of give you free reign of Disney Plus to say what do you want to do, you know? And you picked Avatar, <laughs> um, not the Last Airbender, but Avatar. Blue cat people in space. <laughs> um, what was why why Avatar? Uh, I don't know. It was honestly kind of just the first thing that came into my head. I 
had been scrolling through Disney Plus a little bit when you asked me. It's one of my favorite movies. Mm -hmm. I know that's like super controversial, but. No, if you love it, I want people to love their favorite movies. (laughs) Um, And then, I don't know, after I was just thinking, wow, I could have picked like Coco or Moana or something like that, that I am more, not more familiar with, but just, there's, I don't know. Yeah. Just like more, I don't know. Um, you know, with the music side, because I'm a music major, yeah. it's my big thing. So could have done one of those like musical movies, but nope, I picked Avatar. Well, I guess it just means we might have to have you back on to be able to talk about yeah. some of the other things that you love, you That's know? Fun. Cool, cool. So yeah, I, I, I got to say, when I think about Avatar, I got I to gotta be honest with you about something. <laughs> okay. This is the this is the second time I've seen this movie. Wow! Like, yeah, ever. Total. Yeah, yeah. I know that's crazy because I think it was such a spectacle. Mm-hmm. It was such a huge movie when it came out. Right. I was just like, wow, that was that was interesting and different and exciting. It was so monumental, you know, yeah. just in the the film industry. Almost similar, I would say, to like what the Matrix was in '99. This ten years later in 2009 was kind of the next big thing as far as like visual effects and all that stuff. And it was weird because it was so big that I was just like, let me hold off. I'll I'll watch that again (laughs) eventually. And I just never got around to it. And also I think it has to be said um, that when I saw this, it was not in theaters for the first time, which I think is an important distinction to make. Yeah. So my memories around the movie is not very, deep or um i don't know i mean i with it being your favorite movie i, I assume this is more than the second time that you've seen it oh yeah definitely <laughs> yeah um i've probably seen this movie more times than i can count more than i can remember i don't know there's just there's just something about it that i love well there's a lot of things about it that i love obviously um i didn't see it in theaters either oh, okay actually. wow back in 2009 I didn't go to the movies a lot. I was like 10, so <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm so old. <laughs> no. Yep, yep. Sure, sure. I was, I think, fresh out of college, so okay. yep, yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, I understand. Like, it probably didn't feel as big as like maybe if I had seen it in theaters, mm-hmm. 3D, the way that it was supposed to be. I don't know, but still... Yeah. I love it. I mean, I, I have, you know, friend of the show, Tyler, who's been on multiple times. Um, he said when this came out, he saw it five times in theaters. Wow. And it's just like, I don't think I've seen a movie that many times in theaters. No. You know? I mean, even for the MCU. And like, right. let's be honest, MCU <laughs> is like the big thing, you know? Exactly, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's exciting. So you have it on like DVD and you just would pop it in every once in a while? Yeah. Yep. That's great. Why do, why do you think it resonated with you so much? And why do you think you love this movie as much as you do? Hmm. Um, I guess, well, because sci-fi and fantasy is definitely one of my favorite genres mm-hmm. of everything, books, movies, TV shows, whatever. Um, and it was just so, like you said, like just a cinematic spectacle. That's what it was hailed as when it first came out and just great reviews and, I don't know. It's just in the movie, just the 
cinematography, the visuals, mm -hmm. that it's just nothing that had been seen before at that time. Now we've got like the MCU and right. all of these. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. all of that. I mean, the story, you know, I'm not going to lie. The story is not the best. It's, it's like, I, I think when I saw it, I was a little bit more skeptical on it the first time I saw it. And I was like, I heard some of like the negative things that people were like right. kind of saying about the story. So I was, I think I was quick to be like, yeah, you know, like, and kind of get down on it. But in coming back and watching it, I think all these years later, I was like, you know what? So what? So what if the story is, is has been done before right. a little bit, you yeah. know, like people compare it to Fern Gully, you know, the, the <laughs> 90s, early 90s animated film, not Disney, by the way, um, or Pocahontas to some degree right. as well, you know, and obviously the, the themes are there. Yep. But I think this really can stand alone. You know, this is better than Fern Gully. You know, this, <laughs> I, I, it may be better than Pocahontas. You know what I mean? Like, yep, just because it's not the first one to kind of hit certain themes and tropes or, or um, story beats or storylines right. doesn't mean that it may not, you know, it could still be the best, you know? That's true, yeah. I've never seen Fern Gully. I have seen Pocahontas. So okay. Well. And yeah, in rewatching it, and just thinking about like what I'd be talking about on the podcast, there are certain similarities to like Pocahontas and stuff, but I think it does, like you were saying, standalone as its own kind of, I mean, there's lots of movies out there that have the same plot basically, mm -hmm. but this one, it's just different because it's something new that no one had ever seen. And like the CG was all, like they had to basically create the CG for the movie. Right. It was an idea that James Cameron had in 1994 before he even did Titanic. And he just kept pushing it back because it wasn't his true to his vision yet. Right. Like he just couldn't do it with any of the CG that was available in the late nineties, early two thousand. So it's like, yeah, I was just, just going to say James Cameron, man. What a director. What a yeah. visionary. I mean, this guy, I mean, did he do anything between Titanic and Avatar? I can't remember. But he hasn't done anything since Avatar. Yeah. yeah. So, and he keeps saying that what he's going to be working on is um, Avatar 2 and 3 oh. and 4 and 5, apparently. <laughs> so, man. Um, yeah, I'm just pulling him up here on IMDb just to take a look at his filmography um, as a director. Avatar. Oh, I guess he did a movie Ghosts in the of the Abyss. He did some television stuff. But yeah, I mean Ghosts of the Abyss or Angels in the Deep. I don't know what that is. Anyway, um 2003, 2005, and then yeah, Titanic being 97. This was his first time back in really in a big major way for yeah. 14 years. And now it's been 11 years yeah. Yeah. since Avatar. So <laughs> And he's still kind of hailed as this big epic director that everybody looks to with obviously Terminator 2, yep. you know, and um, Aliens, you know. So he's he's definitely <laughs> deemed as being like one of the top directors out there. Yeah, I feel like at this point in his career, it's just he can pretty much do anything he wants. It yeah. just like takes however long, whatever. Yeah, so I look forward to it. He's like the same kind of almost caliber as Spielberg. Yes. You know? I would put him in that. Yeah. Because I think most people would say 
Are you going to go see the next, the new Spielberg movie? In the same way, like James Cameron has a movie. Oh my gosh, it's been 10 years. Let's go, you know, for sure. Yep. For sure. Um, so I kind of, what I want to do is kind of throw it to you for a minute to just do a quick, maybe minute, minute and a half synopsis of this movie. Okay. If you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm not great at these, but all right. Um, so Avatar is about a soldier it's in the future of earth the year is actually uh 2154 it's not really mentioned but you can see it in like the video logs that they do in the movie mm. um so it's the future of earth earth is basically destroyed you know every futuristic movie that's kind of what it's about or doomed so, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so they go to the planet of pandora to they're basically mining this or this rock called unobtainium really original name um, <laughs> so it's about um basically a group of scientists that have these avatars these grown like human navi hybrids that they can link their brains into and control them and be able to traverse the world of Pandora. The scientists are trying to kind of get along with the locals, the natives, and the soldiers, the military there. They're basically just after one thing. It's about the money for them. So there's that clash that happens in the movie. Um, and it's about the soldier named Jake Sully. Um, he is the one who really gets to immerse himself in the culture of the Navi people and becomes one of them. Um, there's a lot more that goes on. I'm just yeah. not great at synopsis. No, no, that's great. <laughs> um, there's... Which cultivates into the final exactly, yeah. battle, you know, between the Navi and the, the military, the space Marines. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Let's... Let's talk about our, our lead character of Sam Worthington playing Jake Sully. Um, so, he, I mean, he's he's the one we're on the journey with. You know, we're kind of along with him as he's becoming more and more familiar within this world, this culture of Pandora and the Navi. Um, yeah, so we get to see things as he sees it. How, how do you feel about him and his performance in this? I thought it was great. Um, just the way that he started out as this, like, just through and through like soldier type, this Marine who it's just like instilled in him to like follow orders and mm -hmm. just be this, like the certain soldier basically duty and, yeah. and respond, you know, responsibility exactly. is just doing what you're told, you yes. know what I mean? And that's what he was doing at first, basically. Um, and yeah, I really actually like the way that they did the transition of him going into the uh, and going into Pandora and just finding it more and more special and liking being one of the Navi more than a human, which mm -hmm. <laughs> is just like, it's crazy to think about, like you can like turn on your own people, but it's like, I see why, like <laughs> they're not, not the best. Right. This group is not the best and, and the earth is just gone. There's really nothing left for him. So he's kind of just alone and he finds his family in another like race of people in another mm -hmm. culture. 
and that's it's pretty cool. And I, and I think it's also important as, as far as his story arc goes, how important is the fact that he is a paraplegic? Yes. You know, and the reason why he's actually picked for this mission is because his twin brother, mm. you know, died um, somehow. He was shot. He was, yeah, he was. Yes, I yeah. believe he was shot. Yes, for, um, and for so money. his yeah. genetics was used yeah. for this Navi um, hybrid, genetically made, yeah. whatever avatar, so that he can, through the technology, put his mind and subconscious into that body and then run around. I think it's important to see because, like, you know, he's doing this also with the promise that the military and the 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 what's the the business, the company that's mm -hmm. kind of wanting the um, unattainium right. um, with the promise that he's going to get his legs back. Yes. And yeah. then, you know, he's engrossed in this world and he has legs. Yeah. And he's able to <laughs> run around. So it's just like, yeah, you're, you're like, obviously, like you're given the choice between, you know, being a human, mm -hmm. you know, with your legs or being this a Navi who is, who's like, 12 13 feet tall <laughs> and you know um are mobile and can yeah. jump and ride and do all these crazy cool things it's like what would you choose you know and like <laughs> as we watch it it's just like yeah the enticingness of having your legs back just as you are mm -hmm. kind of starts to lose its allure yeah you know yeah you definitely see the change in him because the promise of his legs was probably the biggest thing that you know, like the most important thing to him at the time when he made the deal to kind of spy for the military, basically. Mm -hmm. And then you just see him kind of forgetting that and just enjoying life <laughs> as one of the Navi and yeah, running around and flying and all of these exciting things that he really couldn't do if he was a human anyway. So yeah, I, I think my favorite, one of my favorite scenes, I mean, there's so many things that are beautiful within this movie, which we'll get to, but I think one of my favorite scenes is when he's first put into the body and he's able to run around and he's outside and he's yeah. just running and you see the joy on his face because it's like, I'm able to do this again. Right, yeah. I'm like able to be me again. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, so that is a really great scene, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like it a lot. Let's Let's talk about some of the supporting cast here. I mean, we have Sigourney Weaver as like the head scientist. Yep. We have Stephen Lang as the head military person. Yeah. <laughs> and we have Gia, um, Giovanni Ribisi mm -hmm. as kind of the, the Donald Trump of, you know, I mean, like <laughs> he's the rich guy, he's the yeah. business owner, he's wanting the unattainium, you know what I mean? So like, um, I don't mean to put his name there, just. Right. whatever you yeah. know i just right. say that because it's like who else could i compare right. him to howard hughes i don't know um so yeah yeah and so what do, you, what do you and then also you have um what's her name michelle she, rodriguez michelle yeah. rodriguez i was gonna say anna lucia from lost um as like a, a pilot yeah. who's part of the military you have his buddy um herb is it who is his buddy who's Kind of a scientist as well, who was also Norm. Norm, Norm Herb, yeah. Norm, um, <laughs> Norm. He get, he's in there as well. So, what do we think of the supporting cast? You know, as far as humans, right? Um, I think it's a pretty good cast. I mean, Sigourney Weaver is like 
James Cameron's really the go-to, I feel like, That's true. after Aliens and all that. Um, yeah, Stephen Lang, he's a really solid actor. He's, <sighs> you know, usually I always see him as, like, the villain. He's good at that. There's just these, you know, archetypal characters that these actors get cast as sometimes, but he does it really well. He's 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 <laughs> awesome in yeah. this. Like, obviously you hate him. Yes, you know, that's, that's the point. You're yeah. supposed to hate him. <laughs> And you, yeah, but and he's, you get the sense that him in particular, he is, he's looking for the fight. Mm-hmm. He wants the fight. Yes. He wants to destroy. He wants to kill. Exactly. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's very much like a, a Vietnam mm-hmm. kind of a thing in there as well of just yeah. like, here's somebody who just wants to go, I'm going to go see beautiful things and meet interesting people and then kill them. You know what I mean? <laughs> to quote yeah. full metal jacket. Um, yeah. So it's in, but you're right. He embodies this character so well mm-hmm. and his performance is so good, you know? Yeah, it really is. It's excellent. It, <laughs> yeah, you just, you just don't like him right off the bat. Really. His first scene where he's kind of explaining everything about Pandora and like his experiences and you just don't like him you know that he's that type of like military person that sort of just assertive just like you were saying just kill everybody and Mm -hmm. you know the glory of war that's what he's really there for yeah conquering yeah you know like obviously there's some aspects with the the military I mean I have friends who serve in the military you know and they they have very noble desires and and doing what they need to do you know but you just and that's probably from what jake sully kind of comes from as well you know and and here you have something that's represented that's so different than how it should be you know and so yeah and then obviously giovanni ribisi i mean he's kind of the villain as well within this movie kind of from a different standpoint he's looking to get rich Mm -hmm. you know and, and use the resources of this land you know he's yeah because he kind of he's really the person that's in charge that kind of tells everybody what to do the military mm-hmm. people the scientists oh you know grace is a rebel so she doesn't really listen but uh um yeah and you just see him kind of struggling to be assertive over like quaritch just because he's such a dominant character and like just this war guy who knows it all, knows conquering and all that, what to do. But he does, you know, um, what's his name? Uh, Rubisi's character. Oh, he, right. he does still kind of maintain his in charge, uh, yeah. you know, his <laughs> dominance over them. Yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty rotten. Yeah. They're pretty rotten. And I think it's interesting because them, yeah. you're, you're seeing, you know, these three different worlds you have the scientists who are anthropologists as well, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they're there for their own reasons. But the reason why they're allowed to is because they're supposed to be doing this diplomatic right. moving of the Navi people from the, the big tree, mm-hmm. you know, the, the main resource, because that's the main hub of where the unobtainium is. Yeah. Um, and then you have the interests of both the other parties, you know what I mean? So it's like this, trinity of just kind of alliance yeah. for your for the benefits that each of them have in mind but they're also having to kind of work together mm-hmm. so 
which is interesting because, you yeah. know, we, ha- we kind of see that. Obviously, there's a lot of allegories within this movie, representations in regards to the history of the world and America. And, um, yeah, and we, we see that kind of play out, you know. Definitely, yeah. I agree. Um. <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to say about the supporting cast and kind of so far? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I like Grace's character, uh, Sigourney Weaver's character, yeah. Grace, in the movie. Uh, she's, yeah, the head of basically the group of scientists. She's just, she's awesome. I just <laughs> really liked her character in the movie. Yeah. Well, she's smart. Yes. You know, and she, she knows what's going on. She even, like, has ideas of what Jake is up to and what he's there, what the purpose for him right. in being included within this group. And even when, you know, there's the point where he's, you know, basically it comes out that, you know, for everyone to know, she doesn't, like, hold it against him. You don't have that point in the movie, like, how dare you? We were in this together. Mm -hmm. Like, she understands, you know, to some degree. And she's smart enough to know, you know, what she's also kind of doing and and kind of getting him more and more entrenched within this culture and this world of the Navi. So she's, she's an interesting character. She is, yeah. And yeah, they do mention um, in some of the like exposition that she knows what he is doing, but still keeps him on because it's it's really just about the science for her. So right. it's like she'll do she'll put up with that basically to still be able to explore this world and to learn more about it. She's through and through like a real scientist. She, yeah, yeah. And, and an anthropologist, yeah, you know, I mean, which is obviously has its things in science, but also culture. I think there's yeah. a real appreciation and love for the people, and you see that with Norm as well, yes. you know, because they're they're kind of the main the main two in regards to that, you know, because it's like like when he's he's like, what's this name? What's this word? Like this, and he's like, that's their deity, you know what I mean? Right. So like you you moron, like he obviously they both know so much as as jake is still learning yeah you know okay so let, let's get to the actually like, the most exciting parts of this movie as we with Sully get to experience this world right. and it's awesome and i i say <laughs> awe in the sense like you know even spiritually you're in awe of what you're seeing yeah and it's it's impossible not to fall in love with this world exactly yeah I think that's probably the first thing that really drew me into the movie and just one of the main reasons that I do love the movie as much as I do. It's just so inventive, just so like creative because it's like a forest, but it's so much more than that. It's, Mm -hmm. It's just all the plant life and the animal life is so different than like anything that we've ever seen on this earth and it's just just so creative and the colors are just all they're just so beautiful and just yeah. like <laughs> is, is there like one particular thing that's on the screen that like just captures you and you're just like wowed by that's you know um the co- of the colors the environment yeah. what the animals yeah. what is it um i'd probably have to say just like seeing the forest like at night mm-hmm. where everything just kind of lights up. Like after um, the scene where he's separated from the group of scientists and he's on his own and he makes this like torch and then um, <clears throat> everything happens with 
it was sort of like wolf kind of creatures. Yeah, yeah. And Neytiri comes and saves him and she douses the flame. And it's just like, you just see like the forest come to life with light and just, it's it's incredible. That That is one of my favorite scenes. Um, just seeing all of the lights and the colors and like how beautiful this forest can be at night. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think for me, and it's similar, and it's just a, it's a small thing, but I was just wowed by, you know, and because I like, I think when you, we first, when I first watched it, you like, you see all the big stuff, right. but then it's like the intricate, smaller things that really stood out to me. It was this helicopter bug thing or lizard thing that just <laughs> yeah. kind of flew and you see a few of them just kind of flying and the colors yeah. as it's kind of orbiting um, is so just cool. I'm just like, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, how did they think of these things to include, like, like those and the plants that, like, kind of shrink back when you touch them? Yeah. In that spiral. It's just, like, everything. Like, everything is so cool. Yeah. And, like, the animals. Like, you talked about the wolves, and then we have, like, the panther cat one, yeah. you know? And then we got, like, the, the hammerhead rhinos things you know and the horses (laughs) there's so many cool things and obviously the banshees yeah those are just awesome just amazing i mean you can fly like Mm -hmm. there's a mode of transportation that like these navi have that you know it's not anything that's built like a plane or a helicopter or whatever you can actually like fly with an animal that's that's yeah that's cool (laughs) um now, kind of as a side note to, to this, um, obviously at, at Disney World, if we were to go down, you can go to the Animal Kingdom, you can go to Pandora itself. Have you done that? I haven't. I I haven't either. <laughs> I was very close once. I uh, actually used to live in Florida. Oh, um, wow. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, for almost five years. I moved back here my senior year of high school. Okay. So there's that sort of middle school through like 11th grade mm-hmm. um i was in marching band in 11th grade <laughs> in florida and we got the opportunity to go to disney world and we did this sort of like master class kind of sure. like where we just played like music from disney movies which was mm-hmm. really cool and then we got to spend the next day in the parks but it was magic kingdom so sure. i didn't get to go <laughs> i really wanted to like <laughs> since it came out i think it was but 2015, I, I think, is when they... when Pan- Or the Animal Kingdom with yeah, Pandora. Pandora. That sounds about right. Yeah, and ever since then, I wanted to go, but I just haven't had the opportunity to go. Okay, yeah, me, me too. Like, I'm podcasters or the listeners to the podcast probably know that I've been talking about wanting to take a Disney trip for a while, yeah. and Pandora is one of those things. I yeah. mean, Flight of Passage is like the biggest ride yeah, where... still. Yeah, you can, so many years, you can yeah. ride a banshee, and it's just like, this is incredible, you know? So, man, man. And, I mean, the technology nowadays, too, um, just virtual reality. Yeah. You know, yeah. Being, a, being a part of that. Um, a friend of mine came over yesterday night, and he brought his Oculus, and we yeah. were playing different things. And that was my first time ever doing a VR thing. Wow. And I was just like, this is fun. <laughs> There's no <laughs> yeah, denying it. Well, I've, I've never actually done the VR before, but I've always wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, they're super cool. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think one thing that we have to talk about, I mean, as as we talk about the Banshees and we talk about the that culture and that world, we got to talk about Zoe Saldana. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> she gives probably my favorite performance apart from Stephen Lang. 
Okay. Yeah. She is incredible in this movie. And it's really from this movie, I think, that she took off. I agree. You know, yeah. um, with the losers, but no one really actually knows the losers, but obviously Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, in Star Trek, she is, she became like the sci-fi gal, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, and she is so good in this. And I don't like, I think the, I think Jake mm-hmm. looks kind of silly. There's some <laughs> his parts avatar. of his, yeah, his avatar. I can see that. You know, maybe that's a choice of the movie because he's an avatar and he's not really in a Navi, yeah. you know, technically. Um, and so maybe they made him look a little bit you know, or, rougher yeah. or something, but she looks incredible. <laughs> and I don't even see her in there. Right. Like obviously As, it's motion exactly. capture, but yep. it's like, she's so cool. She is. Yeah. I, I, I definitely, I can see what you mean with Jake's character. I think maybe partly it was intentional because he's this sort of like human hybrid that like Navi, but yeah, she, she did an amazing job. She's definitely one of my favorite just performances in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can see certain differences between them. Like, for example, the, the Navi have four fingers, whereas like the human hybrids have five. I never noticed that. Yeah. I never noticed that. It's like <laughs> the Simpsons. They have four fingers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but her her performance was just outstanding, honestly. The accent, everything. Like, I think I remember watching a sort of kind of like documentary about it. It was a while back, so I can't mm-hmm. remember too much about it. But I think she said that her accent was like the hardest thing to to really get, yeah, to perfect. But it was <laughs> it was great to me. Like, she really did an excellent job with everything. And, and they kind of just like welcome Jake in or she does yeah. and she kind of works as this ambassador to him yeah. and trusts him and obviously they have their their love story together which in my mind like I can't disassociate the fact that he's still kind of a human and yeah. it's still kind of weird a little <laughs> bit in my mind but I'm so I'm just kind of like it's sci-fi I mean in Star Trek you had Captain Kirk hooking up with aliens left and right, right. you know um but yeah it was um we're, we're experiencing this culture in this world yeah. and it's just, it's beautiful. Um, the, and I think one of the things that really stood out to me in regards to that music in that world was the, that world was the music. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, and I, I think that's something that really caught my attention this time watching through mm-hmm. is listening to everything. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're a music major, so I don't know. Do you have any kind of thoughts in, in regards to the music um, within the movie? <laughs> Yeah, of course. Actually, this um, this movie soundtrack is actually my favorite movie soundtrack because I I think it just is just so like quintessentially represents the movie and what it's about and just like the world of Pandora. I I listen to there's um, like a YouTube compilation of like some of the best parts of the score. Mm. I listen to that almost like every day. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, done by James Horner, yeah. who was, was amazing. He actually died in 2015, which is really mm-hmm. sad. Um, but he did Titanic. Mm-hmm. He obviously Avatar. Just so many movies, so yeah. many movies. He he's one of. I think he was definitely 
one of like the top film scorers. Oh yeah, I would put him definitely up there with like John Williams. Yep, honestly, and Hans Zimmer, James you know? Newton Howard, like just <laughs> yeah. Film scoring is actually Alan Silvestri is one of my favorites. <laughs> yes, yeah, these guys. I love Alan Silvestri. Yeah, um, <laughs> Michael Giacchino. Oh he's, my gosh, Michael, he's amazing. He's the new Williams. Yeah, he does everything. Yeah, you know. So yeah, he's he's awesome. He's awesome as well. Yeah, um, and I think as we as we kind of it's so quintessential, so interesting because it's it, it pulls its notes as far as I think theme of music, mm-hmm. as far as the Navi people from Native American um, yeah. influences. I think even African influences coming yeah. in there as well, but it, it, it makes it its own though. Yeah, you know what I mean. Exactly, so yeah. it stands apart, and obviously, like this whole movie is so allegorical mm-hmm. in regards to um, you know the conquering of the new world and the the yes. people that were affected by that, the indigenous people here, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's so important to have that music attached to it as well. And yeah. the, the love of nature and um, the, the um, spiritual aspect, even in regards to it being represented, it's, I think it's, it's really interesting and it's, and it's really key if you're going to tell this story. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think the best film scores really, think about all of that like I mean I know that like there's the director's influence and what they want it to sound like but it's just like being able to capture all of that like everything that the like the director's vision basically and just like being able to turn that into music mm-hmm. yeah film scoring is one of my favorite things yes. so I I love it I listen to scores of a lot of yeah so, yeah i mean yeah. my spotify is just you know um <laughs> yeah. sprinkled in with different composers for sure yep. oh man um and so as as the story kind of moves on and we're we're experiencing things and we're seeing things you know like i said this being um an allegory of retelling a story mm-hmm. of indigenous people being their land being conquered and taken over yeah. you have the conflict of this movie mm-hmm when the military attacks the big tree. Yeah. Oh, that scene is just so like, it's just so like heart wrenching just to see like, because you, you know, going in that they're not prepared to handle like what the military is bringing to them, the missiles and the tear gas. And just, you just know that, and you just hope that like Jake and Grace pleading with them to leave does something, but you know that it won't because they're just such a proud people and they, you know, any, anyone will defend their home. Sure. They're not just going to leave because there's a threat coming. You right. defend your home. You have Giovanni Rabisi saying, <laughs> you know, you throw a rock and you hit some kind of sacred garden, yeah. which is like such a disregard. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. obviously. Calling them savages. Yeah. It's just like, just demeaning, like, <sighs> yeah. And obviously with sci-fi, everything gets heightened in Mm sci-fi so you can you tell real stories that is true just within the the human condition and Mm -hmm. and and history and whatnot but you heighten it to a point and obviously within this the thing is like how could you want to destroy this actual beautiful world right you know how could you actually want to destroy these incredible beautiful people you know and so it's it's obviously heightened to that point Mm -hmm but it makes us look around and see our world yes. in a different way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And which is the, the point and the purpose of science fiction, Exactly. you know? Yeah. 
And so, yeah, it's it's devastating to watch what happens yeah. to the Navi in their tree. And that the cries that you hear them yeah. have is just awful. Yeah, it's their home. People were killed. It's just like even Quaritch and um, Giovanni, I can't remember his name yeah, in the movie, yeah. his character, uh, talking about it. He's like, there'll be minimal casualties. It'll be as humane as possible. It's like, you're not talking about animals. You're talking right. about people. They're yeah. they're actual like people. Yeah, That's just, uh mm. <laughs> Yeah, and I, honestly, I think it's probably, um, it's a weird thing to say, it's probably also my other favorite scene of the movie. Just because it 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 shakes you yeah. a little bit, and it makes you really think, and it's and it's hard because you know obviously the the chief um, you know Zoli Sandama's mm-hmm. um, father dies you yeah. know, and so there is just loss and devastation, and it's horrific and all of these things, but at the same time it's important. Yes, you know, and you have to watch it exactly. You know, you have to see it because we can't really see what was done here, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and all across this world. And so you, but you, you have to see this, yeah. you know. And I definitely think that was the main point of that scene is to really get that across and like make people actually see what it's like to, I mean, it's sci-fi, so, you know, it's cushioned to some degree, but it's just things like that actually happened and mm-hmm. do happen. So it's like, yeah, that's something to really think about. And it's just there so that you have to watch it and you have to see it happening. Yeah. It is a great scene. Yeah. And, you know, with that, you know, it's kind of now goes back and forth within the conflict of Sully and his position, you know, with the military and the scientists and all them. And they kind of get shut down and then they get freed and Mm -hmm. then they're working again with the Navi. Yeah. Which, you know, really brings us towards the end of the movie with the, the big battle, you know, because they, they kind of bring their armies together. And, you know, but we probably need to also talk about how um, Sigourney Weaver's character, Grace, dies yes. escaping. And I don't re- I didn't remember this from the first time I watched it. Really? Yeah. So that was I, like a really big part of the movie, I think. I know. Yeah, wow. See, that's, that's what happens <laughs> when mean, you haven't yeah. watched a movie in 10 years, <laughs> 11 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I didn't remember that she died. And then I was like, oh, yeah, but she comes back. But she doesn't. You know what I mean? So I'm waiting for the moment. Like, yeah, this, the, the shamans are going to do their thing and she's going to come back. And then that's going to lead way for him at the end of the movie. And I was just like, shoot, she's not oh, back. Though. Yeah. You know, but I think I think she will be coming back. Yeah, I think she's been cast in like the the sequels. We'll see how she comes back, but oh, I mean, but, it's know. a doisex machina. Oh, <laughs> right. the, our deity is all right with you now. <laughs> you know? She's she gets like here I am, you know, <laughs> like so. Um, yeah, and I, I think what was surprising to me was her death, but I, I forgot that Michelle Rodriguez dies. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people. Yeah. dies, which yeah, you know, is just kind of like I don't know, not unexpected because you can see it's like kind of making way for Jake to come in and lead, lead, yeah, lead the clan. But I feel like Michelle Rodriguez dying—that was a little like you didn't have to kill no. her off. No, <laughs> we liked Trudy. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I did like her in this. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think Michelle Rodriguez is kind of one note. Yeah. As an actress, I mean, she plays the same character in Lost as she does in <laughs> exactly. Fast and the Furious as she does in this. Like the tough as nail girl, yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? So there's not yeah. as, there's not as much depth to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 
I'm sorry, Michelle Rodriguez fans, <laughs> I'm saying that. But yeah, I was I was a little like bummed out to see her go. Yeah, you know, yeah. and um, the other Navi who is kind of the rival a little bit. You yeah. mentioned his Sute. name, Sute. Yeah. Um, but then obviously we have the very um, glorifying or the satisfying death of um, Stephen Lang. Yes. Yes. And, and that was that battle. That was great. That, that was fight a great was so fight. Yeah. And he's in that mech armor yeah. and, and just <laughs> yep. He's literally like fighting a giant panther, basically. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow, really? <laughs> like, yeah. It's almost like what can't you do? But yeah, yeah it's he's he's he, and he is like he is so good because you know you're thinking like he's a just a man going against the navi right. but like because he has this battle hardenedness mm -hmm. you know he just he knows what to do he, yeah. he jumps in the mech when he's i the know plane yeah. is coming down just and say, just like just after like the area they're in is breached he's just like he takes a few breaths of oxygen and just goes out he's shooting at jake he's like getting into the mech there's the explosion and his like shoulders on like his uh his shirt is on fire and oh, yeah. he doesn't even like yeah he just, just pats it off it like off, oh jumps in the mech jumps out of the plane just a tuesday <laughs> like, oh wow okay <laughs> we get it yes yes this guy's tough <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and and so when when jake is able to get that you know or he pierces it in the, mm -hmm. the glass he can't see so he removes that and then yeah. you know again i didn't remember who <laughs> killed him so like to see yeah. um Natiri, mm -hmm. um, kind of get those arrows in him. You're like, yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You want to see him go Very down. Very satisfying to watch. Yeah, and then, um, and then Jake ends up dying. Yeah, technically, basically. you yes. know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, he gets he gets brought back. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's also another satisfying part within this movie is to see all the animals all nature come up against the military. So, yes. you know, we have originally in the big fight we have, I, I know I'm kind of going backwards a little yeah. bit. We have, you know, the Navi with their horses and their banshees. Yeah. And, but then when you see like all the wildlife come to the aid yeah. with the, you know, the panther and the wolves and the, I, I, I was like, at one point I was like, Oh no, what's going to happen here. This seems I know I remember that things work out in the end of this movie, but when in the middle of the battle and then the, the hammerhead rhinos show up, I was just like, that was great. I was yeah. not expecting that. I did not remember that. And that was such a satisfying thing. It is. You it's know? a really satisfying moment because everything just seems down. Like Trudy has died. Sute has died. Norm was shot. It's just like the month, like the music was just so like, oh man, it's the same uh, score that was, in the home tree scene mm. so it's just like this feeling that you get from remembering that that right. was there and just hearing that music again it's just like oh like man. we're doomed it's not gonna work like, out well this is not going we, did, well for we, them. we put in our fight <laughs> you know we were righteous in what we did but yeah we we're gonna but, clock out yeah and then the animals all come together the goddess awa has heard them and just like comes to their aid that's it's just something that you don't you know it's just like it's such a like science fiction, like fantasy moment. Cause you know, things, you know, don't happen like that here. Big battles, animals right. coming to like the aid of people. Right. Like, no, but it's just 
it just goes to further show like how connected everything is on Pandora, just the wildlife, every just the planet itself, like everything mm-hmm. is just all living things like they keep saying, just connected, which is it's a really it's a really great show of that and that moment. Absolutely. So so good. <clears throat> um yeah, and then we we get kind of a layup to what Avatar 2 will be like. <laughs> yep. And what's what's cool about that, because you know, like obviously you have the moment where, you know, Jake Sully wants to be transformed transferred completely mm-hmm. over to his avatar. Um live as one of the people that's what he chose. And and the last moment we got is is his eyes just opening. Yep. And so you're like, ooh, I can't wait for the sequel. And we all know how sequels work. <laughs> it's probably just gonna be a few years. Oh my gosh. But it's been eleven and it's gonna be twelve by the time that we actually get to this movie because it's gonna be coming out the winter of twenty twenty two. Yeah. what it's currently slated for. And if COVID didn't happen, I think we would have popped. I think we were supposed to have it. Yeah, yeah, the winter of 2021. December of the end of this year. But But now it's December of the end of next year. Yes. So, yay. (laughs) We just have to wait. But, like, with everything kind of bunching up now with the release dates, I think as things are kind of almost receding, I think a response from vaccinations and Mm -hmm. And numbers are going down um, yeah. kind of steadily, but, it, you know, it's it's good. And we, we might see more movies kind of push up their release dates yes. again. Like, you know, we saw Godzilla versus Kong do that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> obviously not enough to, like, open up our movie theater, right. yeah. but it's enough to, like, oh, that's an interesting thing to see. And obviously they're, they're with a, it's a HBO Max mm-hmm. slash theater release. Um, it's going to be interesting to see when – can start going to movie theaters again right. here in Oneonta, New York, <laughs> uh, yeah. which is probably not the, like the top priority of the state right now, yeah. as much as it is mine. <laughs> so, man, this has been great. This is a great time getting together to talk about this movie. Because honestly, when you said Avatar, I was kind of like, all right, <laughs> I guess. But I, I was just so happy to watch it, and yeah, I think I was. I think the time. <laughs> displaced from the last time I saw it really helped me watch this movie without going, let me get critical about things like Unobtainium, right. what a silly name, or the the ponytail yeah. hookup thing, you know, <laughs> that's kind of stupid. Like, it, I think it became like a, a fad thing, you know, to hate on this movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but I think it's, I think it's good. Yeah. I mean, it, was the top grossing movie of all time for 10 years until, you know, Endgame obviously came and unseated it. But yeah, I mean, I think that just speaks for itself. That alone is just, uh, I just love this movie. Yeah, (laughs) I'm glad, I'm glad. Which to me is a little weird because at its core, I think really, well, not at its core, but it is partly like a war movie. Mm-hmm. And war movies, they're by far like my least favorite genre. I know that's mm-hmm. <laughs> that's definitely a controversial thing to say, but it's just I just don't like them. Sure. So the fact that like this movie can sort of mask that with everything else, like the world of Pandora and like the story and everything, that's I don't know. I think that's impressive. Honestly, yeah. I just I love it. 
Good. I'm glad. So if, if I was, let's give us a star rating. Um, kind of, I already gave my final thoughts, basically. Um, just kind of going into this watch and then how did I feel about it? And I got to give it a four out of five stars, four out of five swirly bugs, um, <laughs> lizard things. Um, what, what about for you? Yeah, I'd say, can we do like half star, like four and a half? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I'd give it like a four and a half out of five. Okay. It's just, there are like some little things that, you know, that you don't like about it. Sure. Or that just kind of like <laughs> unobtainium. You know what? <laughs> you convinced me otherwise. Unobtainium is not so bad that I should <laughs> denounce it a whole star. I'm going to give it four and a half as well. I think okay. it deserves it. I think yeah. it really does. I mean, just the amount of work they put into it. 15 mm -hmm. years of just getting the technology right to be able to execute your perfect vision. That's, that's yeah. impressive. Just on its own absolutely <laughs> that's dedication really yeah so yeah four and a half five whatever, whatever five sure. five. <laughs> that's awesome that's great well azure thank you for coming by we're gonna actually have to do this again i love this i love getting movie theater alums um <laughs> over here to do this podcast with me because i think it's also if I think with some of these movies, there's going to be some that are going to be like, remember when we saw this in theaters? Yeah. Remember the employee showing? I remember because Terry and I talked about I that here, with, yeah. with Age of Ultron. <laughs> so, yeah, so it'll be good. Well, listeners, thank you for tuning in. Um, hold tight just for a little bit because um, in about a few seconds here, we're going to be able to have our review of the latest episode of WandaVision, episode four. So stay tuned. All right, Extremers, um, this is the second half of our show where me and a guest will be talking about the latest episode of the WandaVision. I was almost going to say Mandalorian. That's what we were doing before, but the WandaVision episode. Um, to do this, I invited back on, you remember her from a couple weeks ago where we talked Age of Ultron. I have Terry Bonnie back onto the the stream back onto the podcast terry thanks for coming back on oh thanks for having me this week was a doozy yeah it was it was a good episode it was a uh, it was a different episode which honestly it would if this it's i feel like it's a flop of what you would usually expect from mcu stuff like this is like normal in a sense and everything else that is normal to this series would be just like one fantastical episode. You know what I mean? Yeah. For for something to do with the MCU, like an uh, Agents of Shield or something like that. You know. So it's it was kind of interesting to you know take go away from the format of what we've had so far with the show, um, and do something different. You know. Yeah, I'm so excited. I also am shooting a little bit from the hip today because. I didn't know until what, like four hours ago that we were going to do this today. Mm -hmm. So I did not take notes when I watched the episode and I didn't get to watch it a second time. Okay. But I, gosh, what did I, te what did I text you on Friday that I was less than 10 minutes into the show and we needed to sit and talk about it ASAP? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that must've stuck with me because when, when I realized I needed a guest for this week, I was like, maybe Terry would do it. So it worked out nicely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really excited you picked this one. 
I mean, you know, not knowing what's coming for the second half of the season. I'm mm-hmm. very excited about this one because there is a lot to digest. Right, right. I agree. I agree. Because I think we're, we're starting to put the pieces together a little bit. You know, the first three episodes, it was kind of like, what's really going on? What's with that little toy helicopter? What's with the, the B-Man coming out of the sewer? What's with Geraldine? And obviously now we're, we're able to kind of put the pieces together from what we've seen in this episode. Yeah. Um, and I overall, think... Terry, let me ask you this. Oh, go ahead. How have you, how have you felt about the, um, the episodes so far? We're four episodes in. You know, this is a different episode. What, have you, what, have, what did you think of the previous three episodes? I'm going to refer to this as what I'm going to now from now on call the Ant-Man effect where you have zero expectations Mm -hmm. and you're just so happy, which Ant-Man also agent Wu was in Ant-Man. So fun. Um, But I am so much more pleased with this than I thought I was going to be, which is the same thing that happened when Ant-Man came out. Mm-hmm. That I was like, okay. I was dragging my feet and I was like, oh, I'm just so fatigued by, because Ant-Man was like the peak of every four months of Marvel movie coming out. Yeah. So I was just, like we talked about with Age of Ultron, originally was very wary about anything that had to do with Wanda and Vision because I felt like the treatment they were getting was lackluster. Okay. And this has been such a delight to yeah. watch because on the surface, if you are not looking for all of the ways that all of the MCU content is tying together, this is just fun. It's cute. It's They've got a laugh track mm-hmm. and it's silly, which is what they were going for. They wanted that like... I love Lucy vibe with like the, right. with the gags and the bits and all of that kind of stuff. But yeah. if if you are one of those people who is looking for how does 2008 Iron Man tie to WandaVision, there is going to be layers upon layers of things for you to unpack based on how well you've been paying attention to the movies. Yeah. And it's yeah, and I, like slightly sinister underneath that, which is also really exciting because when we watched when we rewatched Ultron, I was like, oh man, the first couple of scenes with Wanda and Pietro are like creepy. Oh yeah. So And we're there's definitely a creep factor that we're seeing in regards to this show, which is it's it's like hitting polar opposites because it's super kitsch and you know, um, 1950s to 70s sitcom, and then we get these kind of like jarring moments or images, and it's just like, what the heck is going on? Which is is so good. You know, I like that it's it's flopped. I mean, everything about this is flopped. I mean, the fact that the, we have one episode which is different from all the rest, which is a normal episode in any kind of sense of what a normal episode should be like, and then also it's flopped in the sense that. It's more comedy than it is action or um, dra- the drama that we usually expect from the right. MCU. I'm enjoying a comedy mystery. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it, it's giving you a little bit more 
psych or bones vibe instead of like a law and order kind of vibe you know and I just I really love the notes that they're hitting so let's let's talk about this episode I think you can really split this episode in two different parts I think we got the Monica Rambeau story and then we have the the Darcy story you know so I think in and kind of tied between them we got Jimmy Woo like you mentioned from um ant-man and the wasp and um yeah i think those are probably i mean we don't get as much with wanda and vision actually in this episode until we get a little bit more of um i don't know they kind of fill in some of the gaps with the ending of last week's episode to like what happened you know exactly um but i wasn't like apart from one moment i wasn't like hugely surprised by actually a lot in this episode honestly same um, i was just excited so, at how quickly we got here yeah i think i think the character that you're probably my guess that you're the most interested in talking about is monica rambo i was i was wondering if you were gonna go with monica or with darcy because i honestly like cat dunning's stepped onto the screen and i had forgotten she was going to be on the show and i shouted I was so excited, Ugh. but we'll get we'll get to her in a minute. <laughs> that's more of like the difference between you and I's sense of humor. I think, um, oh Monica, I was I'm so stoked. I saw one fan theory online the other day that I would like to share with the listeners. That Can, um, is that is that going to be before? I just want to. I don't know. I want to make sure that we we get to talk about what actually. This episode with Monica is what, is what we see at the beginning and it's, who she is. It is something to do with the beginning kind of tying okay. in uh, Endgame into um, when everyone is unsnapped. Okay, well, let me, let's do this first. Okay. We've seen Monica before in the MCU. Where have we seen her? Uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, any listeners who's like surprised by this or like, what? You oh. have to go back. And watch Captain Marvel. She's the little girl of um, Captain Marvel's best friend. I did mean to mention that that was why I was excited about her. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So I think that just kind of tying that in, it was funny. I was sitting watching that with Jess this episode. And I was trying to explain all the different things and all the different Captain Marvels in the comic. And then she was just confused. And how, you know, she's actually Photon, who also goes by Captain Marvel in the comics. She goes... <laughs> What does that have to do with this? <laughs> and I was just making her utterly confused. I, and I was like, okay, never mind. I think I wasn't very surprised about Monica because we, with Ultron, we talked about how I was excited that she was going to be on the show. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Geraldine has to be Monica. She's the only black girl on this show. <laughs> right, so right. I was thinking, man. Monica must be involved with someone who's doing an experiment on Wanda was was the theory that I was working with until this episode started. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so like I think there's a there's a real sad moment at the beginning because we have her mom who we we got to know in Captain Marvel, a real key character within that movie, and we're hit with the fact that like she died and she she died in the in-between points of the the snaps from Thanos and Infinity War and the snap of um, the Hulk in Endgame. And so obviously Monica got, you know, puffed out or snapped out and dusted 
and her mom stayed and then her mom died and then when she comes back after being snapped back into reality she's gone her mom is dead and it's just like oh my gosh you know and her mom was like a founding member of a member of sword yeah at that my friend and a friend of mine and i had a really interesting conversation about like what must it have felt like both for the people who were snapped and the people who like my friend owns a house so i was like imagine you got snapped and then five years later you're snapped back into existence but your house was sold because you got snapped and then all of a sudden you're just in the living room in your jammies five years later with a stranger's family living there yeah like that's crazy and i can only like they do i think they did such a good job of showing like the chaos that that would cause in an institution like a hospital yeah like oh my gosh all those people just so confused and not a single one of them can like complete a sentence because <laughs> they're all just like trying to fix the problem and be confused yeah 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 i mean it's that's it's crazy and i i think the Spider-Man movie of um, Far From Home dealt with this a little bit. And I think it's it's interesting to see, um, you know, more and more get revealed to us and for us to understand what, it, like, the real wor- world aspects of being blipped out and then blipped back into reality. Right. We haven't, we haven't really seen a lot of post-blip content aside from spider-man and then i think the only context we have of that moment is endgame with just the superheroes right so like we haven't yet seen what kind of chaos that would have caused right yeah yeah so it's it's super interesting to see and um so we were following monica throughout the first half of the episode um or the first quarter of the episode or however you want to break it up and she is sent to New Jersey on mission from S.W.O.R.D. So this is like the first time we're actually officially seeing S.W.O.R.D., which is it's going to be interesting to see how that develops, because, you know, I think somebody watching on the surface, they're going to be kind of going, well, how is this different than S.H.I.E.L.D.? You know, um, and I think from, you know, anyone who is familiar with the comic books, you know that, you know, S.W.O.R.D. deals a more with extraterrestrial activity than than anything else and it's kind of like a in the comics there's actually a uh, space station that's considered sword to be like the line of defense to stop alien attacks or invasions of earth so i want it's going to be interesting to see how sword develops um not only in this series but also in the mcu yeah and it just i think that's setting us up for monica being a really big asset and like wonderful character because she so gracefully handles the fact that her mom had to pass the torch onto somebody that wasn't her. Right. And is like, nope, well, this, this is business. Like sword had to keep going when I wasn't here. And the guy like actually, (laughs) actually feels bad. Yeah, he does. Instead of like being, oh well, whatever. I'm in charge. Ha ha. Yeah, I kind of I appreciated that with this with this episode and with that character that he's not kind of a fumbling fool, you know. But he understands that he's kind of was forced into this with the circumstance 
of the blip, you know what I mean? So I think that was, I, I liked that because I think it would have been a little bit kind of on par with other things to, for that tension to be there, you know, and for, for him, for her to try to assert herself and for him to be threat. You know what I mean? Right. I liked that they actually had a, a working relationship, the two of them. Yes. And you started to get into Jersey, which is, is when the episode like really, really kicks in to being like super interesting. Yeah. And we, and we see Ray Park um, and his character of Jimmy Woo. And he's kind of the through line between, you know, Geraldine in the beginning of the episode and what we see with Darcy coming up later. And I just like his addition. I think he's a, I think it's interesting that they pulled the characters that they did, which is like, Hey, remember them? And I think it's good that the show did that. Right. Um, but also it introduces us kind of to a new character in Monica Rambo, even though, you know, it's a different actress, obviously. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, yeah. I think I like it's him. nice because if, if you're not somebody like us who has sat and watched more than one of these movies more than once, mm-hmm. it's you're not kind of beating people over the head with like, oh, Captain America is here all of a sudden. What? Right. It's and it's like a fresh face for a fresh storyline. But then for us, it's like, okay, this is this this is still the same content. This is still mm-hmm. the same story that I've invested the last 12 years of my life into and that actor is just such a delight yeah and he's so fun I mean obviously he's a comedic actor he's on fresh off the boat um and he's he's great in this I'd like to see him and he and he pulls out some comedic lines within there you know like the line of um no they're not missing me because softball season is over (laughs) you know what I mean there's there's some funny jokes that he has to say and then obviously the the other person who has a lot of comedic stuff to do is Darcy. And we'll get to her. I just want to also just say before we get to her that, you know, somehow Monica is pulled into the the town of Westview, which obviously has this shield, this invisible shield that's kind of orbiting it. And, you know, their their drones and people are disappearing into um this space and they're kind of disappearing yeah oh man i feel like it even it almost raises more questions than it answers because how do the policemen get in and out how like are they brain oh my gosh like are they brainwashed or like because oh i'm getting ahead of myself kind of because we haven't explained what darcy and agent Wu have figured out so I was going to start asking all these questions about things that we haven't talked about yet. But it's just, I love <laughs> how funny it is that Agent Wu and Monica are like, you've never heard of the, and the, like the police officers are literally standing in front of the town sign. Right. You're like, never heard you, of it. It doesn't like, exist. It's not. And they're like, yeah, we're from Eastville. <laughs> like, I, okay, yeah. what? Yeah, well, there's obviously some kind of whammy that's being done on them, you know, and it's weird because they are able to move in and out, but nobody else is. Although, to be fair, now that I'm thinking about it, I think I was so stoked that we were getting answers so early that I don't remember if they drove into Westville or if they, like, pulled a UE and passed Agent Wu down the street. They actually pulled in. They pulled through. 
you know, so like that's gonna that is still there's a lot of confusion, obviously, but you know, magic. You know, like, uh, I think that's a lot that you're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. Like with, magic you know, or technology to. or we don't we don't really know yet. Cosmic power. <laughs> yeah. Or all of the above. Right, exactly. Totally. Um, let's talk about Darcy. Um, I'll let you gush a little bit on her um and her, you know, played by Kat Dennings. Um but go ahead. Okay. I love Darcy because she's really sarcastic and like just rough around the edges. But um if you're going to maybe throw in a face that's a little bit more recognizable than Agent Wu, along with a name that's going to be more recognizable than Rambo. Darcy is a great choice because in Ultron, we established that Jane is off doing research somewhere else because she's like dumb smart and she's really like she's at the top of her field. So they pull in, um, Darcy, who was her research assistant in the first Thor movie, and Darcy is also super smart. So they pull her in with this other team of really smart scientists because mm. the FBI and Sword cannot figure out what the heck is going on. And Darcy yeah. is and it's interesting. Also, I just want to add on oh. that they get this like place built up in like less than a yeah day. for real. <laughs> and so Darcy's specialty is like astrophysics I think yeah. so it's one of those things that like knowing as much as I do about like sciencey kind of stuff which is not a lot to be fair it's like watching Bones and them knowing like all this medical stuff that you're like you wouldn't know that you just kind of but... buy into their language he's like the CMBR, but like CMBR, cosmic meter radiation we're like, thing. You're like, it's just close enough to astrophysics that maybe I would buy that she knows that much about, a, like broadcasting. So okay, whatever. But she just is like, I mean, it is a thirty minute show, so it, like they, she figures it out pretty fast, even though she, yeah. It's, she just kind of shows up and then is like, oh, look what I found But out. it's believable because she's like, yeah. I have no idea what this is. I just, it's here. Yeah, she kind of stumbled upon it. And the guy asks her like three questions and she goes, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know, you know. So, so they, they figure out that, yes, there's a force field, but this force field also has um, low level radiation that's actually indicative of a broadcast. And Darcy kind of accidentally figures out that it's broadcasting video. Yeah, and they're getting a, They are watching the TV show of the first three episodes just as much as we are. Which I they're love. Experiencing. I love that when they're like doing the like recap of like what's like it. Maybe not so much a recap, but you're like, oh, they're watching this in real time with us, and they get to like Wanda having her babies, <laughs> and Darcy's like right there with us (laughs) right she has like she's watching it like how she would anyone would binge any other show she's like like, when they're kissing or when they're you know having the kid but i think i actually do love the moment too where um she says do you want one talking about the chips and jimmy was like yeah it would be nice to have a little (laughs) junior you know running around like oh the chips it's a cool little touch too because 
Darcy, we're not super familiar with Darcy, but Darcy is on the outskirts of the Avengers. Like, she knows exactly how messed up this is. Yeah. Like, I think... Well, I think spending a lot of time with Jane and obviously Thor and the other two movies, you know, there's there's not a whole lot that she's probably super surprised by, you know, but... No, but it's, like, the the weight of the fact that, like, no, Vision is... Vision is dead. (laughs) What is going on is not lost on Darcy. Like, they're Avengers, so they're famous enough, but, like, Darcy knows them personally, I would guess. (laughs) So there's there's things that I appreciate with her with her character and even the the character arc that we see of her in this episode and and also keep in mind of the rest of the MCU. I mean the the previous two movies that she was in. I like the fact that she is a little bit more um she's substantial. You know, she's kind she's made it, you know, that she gets off and somebody gets off the truck and somebody says um Miss Darcy whatever and she goes doctor. You know, so that was that's nice. You know, she's she's growing as a character she's interesting she's a professional within her field and that's and i i think you know she's fun to see on the screen to some degree i just have to admit i don't care for cat denning yeah that much i can understand um, she that. kind of annoys me she she frustrates me at times jess is with you she jess uh, my wife she loves um cat denning she's like oh she's i think she's so cute i think she's she's really pretty and i'm just like eh. Yeah, like, I haven't fully jumped on the, oh my gosh, I just blanked on her show. I was thinking about it, and I, Two Broke Girls. I haven't fully jumped on with Two Broke Girls, even though that's been on for, like, five years or something, but it's just, I just think she's funny, but, like, the point you made about her, like, seeing what she's been up to in the last five to seven years of this universe is really great, because, you know, Jane's not the only one who's, like, super smart. Right. So, it's nice to see them adding in, you know, Pepper's a CEO, Jane is probably got, like, 16 doctorates. Right. And, okay, now Jane's a doctor, and Wanda's super powerful. Oh, and Captain Marvel, she's up in space keeping us safe, and it, all this cool stuff. So, like, that that's Ooh. a really good point that you made to going back to like almost the very beginning of the episode, I'm sorry, listeners, but there was one point I wanted to make that I thought was cool was the callback to Captain Marvel to Carol when um, Monica and her coworker um, Hayward are talking and they say, well, you know, there's a lot that's out there in space that we're learning more and more about <laughs> a bunch of threats. And she says, and also allies. Yeah. And I was like, Ooh, I like that. You know, she kind of, she calls to the fact of, of Captain Marvel of, um, of carol danvers you know so i i do like that the fan Um, theory i saw was about um they were i liked it because uh you know the the country not necessarily controversy but annoyance one of the annoyances with captain marvel was that her look was so different because they Mm -hmm. shot in um endgame before they shot captain marvel even though captain marvel came out first and her costuming being so different they were like I bet Carol shaved her head because um, Rambo had cancer. And I was like, how dare you? Oh my God. <laughs> how dare you come up with such a sad? And then I was like, that's a nice way to kind of like come to terms with like MCU dropping the ball just that one time. Yeah, that that is really interesting. That, that'd be interesting to, 
I don't think we'll ever actually really have that confirmed. No, probably but, not. I just thought it was but sweet. It's kind of an interesting idea. Um, and so kind of, you know, in wrapping up this episode, the big, like, shocking moments are actually kind of tied into the shocking moment from the last episode where Vision is getting, all, is getting clued in that something's wrong with Geraldine or something might be up with Wanda. And we see the interaction of Wanda and Geraldine, Monica Rambeau. Um, in the WandaVision show and you see Wanda just per, like just totally get rid of of Monica and like shoots her out of the town you know which was was to be expected I don't think I mean apart from the visual we uh, I don't think anybody was like oh my gosh that's how she did it you know what I mean um, but then you get the equally or the even more so shocking moment of seeing vision um, in that moment as he comes back into the house and he is the, the dead vision face, his body, his look for when we see him, when he's killed at the end of infinity war. Yeah. That whole thing was really wonderful because I'm wondering how much Monica was aware of while she was stuck in this alternate reality. Like, was it a, does she know that she was in there or was she just kind of following a gut feeling? Cause it kind of seemed like she knew what she was. This scene seemed a little bit more like she knew what she was doing, but a couple of the other ones were kind of looking back at them. I kind of was like, does she actually know that she is Monica and that that's mm-hmm. Wanda? And then I well, think... I think what was the main, I think the main thing that, that cued her off or clued her off was Pietro. Was pietro and ultron the mention of him because i think somebody bringing that up obviously nobody else has that foreknowledge within or within right. the show or and within the town. i so think when it's brought up it's a sh- i think aside from the first episode when um they get these vision and want to get these looks on their faces about their past they get asked about their past i've kind of been getting the impression that Wanda is doing all of these things without really knowing that she's doing them like rewinding the B-Man and I think there are like a couple other instances but this one was the first one where she looked like she was totally aware that she was that she was manipulating you know you're right she is totally aware but I I don't want to necessarily rule out that um there isn't more that's kind of going on that maybe she's under the influence of someone else oh and i don't want to sure. go into the theorizing of, i like, would what i've seen online and people say okay. yeah and i haven't okay. seen anything yet so like i but like i would not be surprised if it was a combination of wanda has created mm-hmm. this reality for herself and and or someone has put her in this reality and she has some level yeah. of control over it because yeah. Because yeah. she is Scarlet and Witch. So with that, I'm I'm kind of expecting. I'm kind of in the same place as I was with my expectations for the for the next episode as I was last week because I wasn't expecting this episode to be a um, we pardon the interruption as this episode is called um, away from the from the what the show has been. But I think we're going to go probably back into the WandaVision world of the, the 80s sitcom now 
And I kind of stand by my previous guess on where they're going to go with it. I mean, it's going to be the 80s. We're going to see that with the fashion. I think we're going to, I'm hoping for a Golden Girls-like opening song. Um, We were kind of throwing around some ideas of what it could be. Maybe some, oh, what were they, what were they called? Um, Growing Pains, possibly, or the Cosby Show, you know is some ideas of kind of like, you know, the kind of the themes or the inspiration that's giving to this episode that's coming up. Do you have any guess? Um, well, I would definitely agree with the eighties cause I did vaguely notice the pattern, but like sixties and seventies, depending on where you fall in the decades, fashion wise can be so similar that I wasn't sure if they were intentionally doing it or if I was imagining things until Darcy pointed it out and I was like okay Okay. I was not imagining that um so I haven't watched I don't watch the weekly trailers I haven't been reading anything Mm -hmm. other than the Wikipedia page so I am just along for the ride and I am kind of expecting, well, for the episode itself, I would hope that now that we've introduced Agent Wu and Darcy and Sword, that maybe they'll split the episode a little bit more. But I wouldn't be surprised if it was just a, a WandaVision sure. episode with uh, maybe with maybe like bookends of Darcy on either the beginning or the end. Yeah, That, that seems... The more obvious choice. Well, well, they both seem kind of obvious. Yeah. But I just in in the sense of like now that the mystery has fully like we have people trying to figure it out. I would be more entertained seeing the episodes split, even though it's yeah. only a half hour episode. And have an A plot, mm-hmm. a plot and a B plot. But stylistically i feel like well i mean it's all speculation obviously so who really knows at this point we'll know better by next week for sure um and i'm excited i'm loving this show but as as a plot on the whole i know that we talked about this is based off of the vision from 2019 and house of m from the early 2000s so I don't really know anything about the vision, but I know House of M is Magneto and Wanda trying to create a better alternate universe after Secret War. And yeah. So, yeah. And I know that we saw some whisperings of them potentially dealing with some of Wanda's mental health issues over like anxiety and depression and her guilt of how things played out. So I'm torn. I'm really honestly torn back and forth between whether I think Hydra maybe is coming back and they've got a hold of her or she literally created. I, I think it herself. would be interesting if we got to see meet something else other than Hydra that's influencing her. So, so we'll see. We'll see. Yes. I, because those, commer- those commercials have to be I mean, coming she from somewhere. She's making them ourselves. And I think the actress who's in each of the commercials that's true. is the same. I might be wrong with that. But um, I but I'd be interested. Mm. I'd have to go back and watch it to make sure. Um, okay, so Terry, I got to thank you for coming on. This has been great. Of oh, course, thank you for having me. Oh, this it, episode was, it was so such an good. Interesting, like break from the usual content of Wandavision, and I've I've heard some friends go 
man, now I'm hooked after seeing this episode. And for me, I was kind of like, I still just wanted to see Wanda and Vision, you know, go through the uh, decades together. I didn't need necessarily this episode. I'm a little lukewarm on this one, I actually. Think... I think it's good. I think it's probably right to have an episode that kind of connects some of the dots for us. But I would have been okay. Maybe it's just the, the lost person in me, you know, loving the, the show Lost. I would have been okay <laughs> with big question marks even towards the end of the, the series um, or this season. So, yeah. I wonder if that difference of, like, you and me hooked from the beginning maybe came from the fact that we knew that there was going to be a mystery. We just didn't know what it was going to be. So we knew what clues to pick up on, like, the weird looks on Wanda's face and, like, their pauses and speech, like... Because those hints sure. felt really heavy-handed to me sure. that something fishy was going on. All right, so we got we got to wrap this up, folks. Um, thank you for tuning in as Terry has come on and and talked to me about this, and then also with Ajare earlier in the episode where we talked about Avatar. Um, stick around, um, just because in a couple seconds we're going to be telling you guys about what we're going to be doing for next week's show, um, and I'm excited just to say it's going to be in the theme of Valentine's Day. So. Super, super excited about that. So stick around. Cool. Terry, thank you. I'll see you later. Hey, everyone. So, yes, I just mentioned that um, we want to do something focused on Valentine's Day. Actually, for the next two weeks, we're going to be looking at Valentine's Day movies and romance and all those good mushy things in honor of the holiday. So with that, I am excited to announce that I'm going to have my friend Courtney Bird come on. Um, She used to be involved here with the, the campus ministry that I'm involved in, and she's now living down in in Nashville area with her husband, Sean. Well, she's coming on to talk about one of her favorite movies. And like, of course, how could I do a Valentine's Day episode without my Valentine, my wife, Jess? So the three of us are going to get together to talk about the movie that's on Disney Plus, 10 Things I Hate About You. This is a late 90s film. Um, This is right in the, the precipice of me being a teenager. So I was low-hanging fruit with some of the stuff within this movie and we're going to talk about that maybe high school a little bit and dating and romance and all that stuff so it's going to be um it's going to be a lot of fun isn't it (laughs) or it might be heartbreaking we shall see um but i think it's going to be a, a really fun laugh for us all so um big thanks goes out to azure for coming on this week's episode to talk about avatar and for terry coming back on to talk about wandavision um of course we'll be talking about episode five of wandavision next week as well so thank you guys for tuning in thank you for sticking around and i'll see you next time on extreming disney bye-bye